One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participation restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Watch this. Hello and welcome to Talk of the Tune, a Newcastle United art going again. <laughs> it's on loop. Oh fuck! Still trying to get it right. Jesus Christ! Well, yeah, kind of giving it away a bit now. Welcome to Talk of the Tune and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My name's Will. Um, I'm your co-host, joined here by my good pals and co-hosts as usual, Hodgie and Gray. Say hello, boys. Oh, you're hello. Right. So, a bit different this one. Um, this is our Manchester United preview episode. So obviously we play the Red Devils, Ugh. play Man United on Saturday at 8pm. First pay-per-view match of our season, which is disgusting. Fuck the Premier League and all that, yeah. Different agendas. Um, so we thought it'd be good to put out a, a preview episode. I think this is going to be the new way of us going. So we're going to do a, a preview episode per match and then we'll maybe hit you with a more standardized kind of bigger picture podcast every other week i think that's the way it's going to be isn't it lads mm-hmm. i got that right yeah sounds about right okay good i'm doing well so far apart from the whole intro fuck up but that's fine so at the minute seven points out of 12 not really got any form so to speak we're coming off the back of a 3-1 win against burnley how are we feeling ahead of this weekend's game I'd like to say confident, but I think given our sharing in front of goal uh, or lack of sharing in front of goal recently, uh, I'm a little bit apprehensive about it. Okay. Hodgie, how are you feeling? You still yeah. there? Appre- apprehensive as still. Uh, I think <laughs> I think they've they've come, obviously, not at the best form and they're going to be a bit more riled at the maybe take it on. After all, they are a, yeah. a top six team in brackets. Um, not so much at the minute. I think they're 16th with only three points, but... They've got quality, and if they can get their tactics and stuff right on the day, I don't think Bruce is really going to have a leg to stand on, because you know how I feel about (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I think it's a standard kind of, here's your atypical bounce-back game. So you know Man United will come out all fucking guns blazing, they'll probably smack us around the park, won't be able to deal with them, Stevie Bruce will react too slowly and too late, and then the game will be gone. And obviously the handball Um, rules change now, so we can't get easy penalties. Ah, yeah, (laughs) fucking hell. I was going to say, if, uh, if there's any team in the league, uh, Man United would want a bounce-back game against, would probably pick Newcastle United, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, we've got quite a lot of history against them, don't we? We're not. It's not really... They wouldn't class us as like a big game or being a big fixture, but I think for a lot of Newcastle fans, it's quite a... It's It's got a lot of history. It is quite a big fixture. We just want to try and relive the Kevin Keegan um, <laughs> rant and actually finish oh, it yeah. off for him, you know what I mean? Like that's that's where it... I don't oh, really I'll, have think to, had, I'll have to add that in. We didn't really have too much of a, 
a rivalry I don't think before him as such like you know what I mean like I think it was all it's all come about mm. from that from from like the late 90s really I think yeah I think you're probably right actually um but since then especially from our perspective yeah. I think we've, we've done quite well when they've come up to Newcastle like I think two of the last five games we've beaten them one nil at home um I mean, they have won the other three of those five games, but let's not talk about that. Staff and um, Richie scoring the only goals in the last two wins. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, actually, so I don't know who mentioned it, maybe Gray or Hodgie, so it was nice to get a penalty. I'd love to know when our last penalty was before Callum Wilson's against Tottenham. Does anyone have that information? It was something crazy. It was like 1,800 and something minutes. Uh, I read sure. it. I Seriously? read it. Yeah, I read it a, a while ago. Um, I think we had a penalty in uh, the project restart. I think we got a penalty then, and that was when it was. Did um, we done? Yeah, yeah. Um, was it saved? But it, I, I don't know. It was. Yeah, it was a long, long time. We hardly get any penalties in our favour, but we get a lot against us. Yes, I, I know that much. Yeah. So I think since we were last uh, promote, promoted. We have only had five penalties, six, obviously, given the one uh, gone on Saturday or a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, six and the, penalties? Yeah. Do you, so the last one, Hodge, you were right, uh, was after Project Restart. Was against Who's that South, against? Southampton. How do I not remember this? Who scored it? Uh, we didn't. Oh, sorry. That's my, yeah, sorry. That's where I've immediately, immediately <laughs> gone wrong. <laughs> uh, who took it? It's a good question. Oh, Richie. Yeah, I was going to say, you messed Richie. up. Richie. And yeah. it was saved by McCarthy, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, nightmare. The last penalty I remember prior to that was Matt Richie's penalty against Man City. Um, that was I only really the... remember that. But I only remember Matt Richie's one against Man City because watching uh, Alan Shearer, watching that penalty go in like on television i think mm. they recorded him yeah, yeah, yeah. on like match of the day and that's where he coined the phrase where it's like someone's going like pressure or oh, lots of pressure and shearer just before richie scores i think i said this before he goes like pressure makes diamonds and he puts <laughs> it in and then shearer goes fucking mad it's actually great i love it you've got uh, goals sorry penalties um we've had how many have we had against is that there uh it's not actually um, it's not I don't know. Well, maybe someone actually. can look into that. So, so quick quiz question. I know how much you guys love quizzes. <laughs> Whoa. So, Matt Ritchie's taken three out of the five penalties on this list. Can you name the other two players to take penalties? They both missed and they're both it's... in the same season. Ooh, Ooh okay. Who would Dwight answer? Gale? No. Oh. So, they've, they've in the same seat. Took one and missed one. So there's two players. In Premier League, was it? No, yeah. Premier League, 2017-2018 uh, season. So just after we've been promoted. Um, yeah, two players. They both missed. Has John Joe missed a penalty? No. Fucking hell. Ugh. Oh, God. These are only Premier League penalties as well. I'm not sure if we had any cups. Perez? Nope. One's, oh, one, one's tough. So I'll give you a clue for the first one. Actually, they'll probably give it away. But uh, <laughs> uh, A Spanish forward. Ayuzi Perez. I said uh, Perez, idiot. Um, it's Jocelyn. Jocelyn. Yeah, oh. Jocelyn. For the second player, uh, he was on loan from Chelsea. 
Oh, Kennedy. Oh, yeah, Kennedy, yeah. Kennedy, oh, he did, didn't he? Yeah, that was the when he had that absolute shocker of a game. Completely forgot about him. And he had his chance to redeem himself in, like, one of the late minutes. He had an absolutely fucking dire game. And then at, right at the end, he had a redemption moment, mm. and he fucked it up. Yep, yeah. I think that was that was the beginning of the end for, uh, for I nearly called him Jeremy there. Beginning of the end for Kennedy at, at Newcastle. He didn't oh. like. He didn't really live up to anywhere near the hype. But I don't know why anyone really hyped him in the first place. Like he'd never really done anything before. Really showed any sort of class. There was one or two bits that he'd done quite well, and he was a strong lad, and he had a good bit about him, and he would work. But shooting ability wasn't great. Passing ability was a bit lax. What, what did you guys think of him? I thought he was a bit bleh, wasn't he? Nah, yeah, he was a bit meh. He had a good first initial loan season. Scored a couple of good goals, but then, yeah, just ran out of steam, didn't he? I think he had potential to be good, but, yeah, I don't think he has the, the character to see it through. Great question, though, that Grave, by the way. Yeah, good question, yeah. Coming out of the blue with that one, Grave. Anyway, should we probably get ourselves back on topic? We're talking right. about Man United. Mm-hmm. Um, will either of you be paying the £15 to watch it? I think I've asked nope. this before, but we'll... Okay, fine. Great. <laughs> Clean sweep? Uh, it'd be hard to justify spending 15 quid on it, really, isn't it? Yeah, you can both send me a fiver each, and I can watch it if you don't like. If, Actually, if, no, if yeah, I don't mind doing it, I'm if... sure you both owe me a fiver. Oh god, oh, where's the mute go. tool? Here we I'll go. Just, I put I put Gray I put Gray on mute for the time being. <laughs> um, I don't remember ever legally signing anything. How'd you do? You? No, I did not know. Nah, well that's the end of that then. I helped. I helped him hey, move great. house. You're back in the room. Right. I should be scott free. That's what it is. <laughs> I'm sure I'm recording somewhere of it. I'm going to it. Well, you wouldn't know. You never listen to our episodes. Double our quits. <laughs> Double our quits this year, then. Yeah, sure. Uh, right. So, Man United. Is there anyone we are worried about facing? Who do you think are their danger men? You go, Gray. I think you've got to throw Fernandez out there. Um, well, if they get a penalty, yeah. <laughs> well, no, I think yeah. Just well, his form when he first signed was well, he carried the Man United team, um, and yeah, I think if he hits. If he has a good game, I think he yeah he could be influential on on the outcome of the game. Mm. Have they had any have they had any really standout performers this season so far? No, I mean they've only played three games. They've lost two and won one, and even the one they won, I think, was really unconvincing. Um, I don't know. None of I don't think any of their big signings will will start. We speak to uh, we speak to Jack later in the. In the podcast, who's from a Man United podcast, we get his kind of views and opposition review. And I, I think he said the only one who's really going to be present is uh, that Alex Tellez, mm. who I believe is a left back. Don't know. Don't quote me on that one. Um, but no, I don't really. I don't know. I think they probably will still have a good chance at smacking us around. But I just don't can't identify one player in particular that will be their danger man. Well, Rashford's pretty. Uh, dangerous once he gets into a bit of form. Luckily, he's not in a bit of form, but hopefully, he doesn't start it with us. You've got also Mason Greenwood, who's a handy little player. Um, hopefully, they put on Jesse Lingard because he does nothing. Um, but that's <laughs> I don't say oh, that, man. Fucking hell. I've, just, I've just, just thought of a name that usually pops up against us. Now, that's Scott McTominay. I think he's an absolute dick. Oh, man. <laughs> he's, he, I, I think I hate him more than I hate Jack Grealish, and that's a lot. 
Holy shit. Any reason why? Or? He's just, oh, he's just such a like whiny fucker. Like he'll make a tackle and then it's a horrific tackle, but then whine at the ref. I know everyone does, but he just makes a meal of a lot of things and it just really winds me up. He's probably, he's living in my head. Yeah. <laughs> he's different though. He's an absolute thug. Um, touted to be like a future Man United captain, Scott McTominay. Um, not really sure if you want that kind of personality. Uh, he's, he's just going to morph into Roy Keane. That's all he's going to do, and then go and knock on Shearer's door when he's 70 and beat shit out of him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Fuck Roy Keane. Um, but I think I'm really quite hopeful. I mean, I've, I know I've mentioned so far that I think I'll smack us around, but that was a joke. I am quietly optimistic, as opposed to just being blatantly optimistic, as I usually am. I think this is a good opportunity for our front men. I think... Callum Wilson against the likes of Lindelof and Maguire, who are very slow. You've got Sam Maxima. Um, I think Miggy Miggy should be fit to play, shouldn't he? He's been. Oh, I know well, he's been he, playing. He for, he's been playing for Paraguay. He got battered. Did you not see the tackle on him? Well, he got punched in the face, didn't he? <laughs> he got absolutely yeah. thrown into him, like the kid didn't yeah. stop. Use Miggy to stop himself. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm hoping he should be around though, because or at least to come off the bench, because he's been. Very, he's had a really good impact when he has come off the bench. Ryan, Ryan Fraser, Fraser the, well, yeah, yeah. start for Scotland the other night, didn't he? So he might not be too far away from from starting, which would be exciting. Yeah, man of the match performance for Scotland, Ryan Fraser. Mm, did he firing in some really been, dangerous crosses? Yeah, uh, I thought it was like Slovakia or something. I don't know. They've got Serbia, I, next, I think, in the next round, haven't they? Mm. I don't know. I don't really pay attention. Seem to know a lot about Scottish. Yeah, you say that. You seem to know a lot about Scottish football. No, no, really. But yeah, I think it's a good chance for us to display our attacking football. Um, I think, yeah, as I say, I think that their defense is very slow to move. Um, it's winning that battle in the middle of the park. I think will be important. Um, so we just hope that Shelby and Hayden both turn up, providing we can provide a service into Callum Wilson whether that be from either wing or straight at the middle, I think that's where we can potentially do quite well. well. What do you guys think? I think it's a good opportunity to build some momentum from the Burnley game, to be honest. I think I'd, I'd like to see us carry a bit more positive intent going forwards. And like you say, I think it's mm-hmm. a good opportunity to exploit some of the, the weaknesses the main side has. Um, yeah, I think it'd be quite exciting to see what attacking flair some of those players like Miggy and Sam Maximan bring, if any. I'm hoping we bring mm. plenty, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I think this is actually a really good point. Um, it's a good stage for us to move straight into our opposition review. So without further ado, uh, here's our opposition review. That just came out of nowhere, that one. That's almost as bad as my tagline for my quiz, man. What you mean? It rhymed and everything. (laughs) (laughs) One of those. (laughs) But yeah, uh, we speak to Jack from Man United Weekly Podcast. We've spoken to him already. Here you go. Looking for number five with Philippe Albert. Right, so it's time for a new section of the podcast. This is our opposition review. Uh, we are joined by Jack from Man United Weekly Podcast. Hi, guys. How are you doing? 
Doing well, thank you. Uh, dreading another weekend of Man United football. It's been a nice break this weekend <laughs> in the international break. Well, I, I'm so glad you share our optimism. Yeah, it's going to be the most dreary <laughs> match, I think. Um, but yeah, so we've got Jack here. Jack's kindly come on. He's going to speak to us a little bit. Uh, we just want to get thoughts and feelings from an actual Man United fan. So I guess just to kick on straight away, Jack, it'd be good to get your thoughts on the season so far. Obviously, you've been a bit of a, a mixed bag in the Premiership. I think you've played three matches so far. But it'd be good just to get your thoughts on uh, on performances so far. Yeah, it's been a bit of a shambles so far, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I think we all we all kind of ended last season feeling quite optimistic about where we might be heading. You know, we seem to be moving forward and in going into a big uh, transfer window where we needed to sign a few good players. It, it just hasn't worked out, and now we've come back looked half-baked in the first game of the season against Palace after no pre-season and just haven't got going at all and obviously now coming off the back of a historically humiliating defeat so we'll see how the kind of reaction that we get in this game because we need we need a big reaction but we also don't really have anywhere to go our squad depth isn't isn't great it's not like we can change much in the lineup we do have a couple of new signings well only one because Cavani is still unavailable but Alex Teller is potentially getting his debut so it'll be interesting to see what kind of reaction Solskjaer gets from the players. First few games, like you said, were lost to Palace, then a win against Brighton, who have been a bit of a mixed bag uh, this season. I think they've been putting some performances in. Then obviously the the Tottenham game. What were the feelings after the Tottenham game? Because I know there's quite a lot of talk around it with uh, Bruno Fernandes uh, having a bit of a bust up with some people in the dressing room. You've got um, obviously your ex-manager in Jose Mourinho tearing you a new one. Um, <laughs> what, what, was the, what was the feeling at the end of that? I think, honestly, the biggest thing was a little bit of disbelief. Um, I mean, the, the Bruno Fernandes kind of bust-up isn't entirely new. It, there was also a little bit of a, an incident between him and Lindelof after we got knocked out of the Europa League for, by Sevilla. They had a bit of a bust-up on the pitch after we conceded our second goal there. I think after the Spurs game, yeah, it was it was almost just disbelief at how many mistakes. I mean, I, I don't know if... Uh, I'm sure you have because it was obviously a big story. It's seen some of the goals that we conceded. But, um, I mean, Spurs' first goal against us is honestly co- pure comedy. If you watch, I think there's about six mistakes in the space of 10 seconds. <laughs> and at one point, Harry Maguire, the, the captain of Manchester United, is, is pulling Luke Shaw down on the ground. I honestly thought he was going to get disallowed <laughs> by VAR because the Spurs <laughs> player was pulling Shaw down and then saw the replay and it was our own captain doing it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, it was honestly just a bit of disbelief at, at how bad some of our mistakes were. I think more than anything, just the lack of fight in the second half as well. You know, we were full one down at half time, and you just wanted to see us come out and at least give a good account of ourselves and not get humiliated. And, and we just, we just weren't weren't up for the fight at all, really. What's your take on um, Fernandez's passion? Because obviously he's a very passionate guy, and he obviously wants the best for his team. I think he was quoted and saying, "We are Man United. What are we playing at?" Type of thing. Is he someone that you you really want in your squad, or is there people that just are going to shy away from his character? I think there are people that will shy away from his character, but to be honest, I don't think we've had enough of these characters in in sort of the post Ferguson era. I think we've had too many people that have been okay with that kind of mediocrity. I think, to be fair, I think Fernandez should have a look at his own performances first before he stays at this kind of stuff. Because despite an amazing start to his life at Man United since sort of halfway through the post lockdown part of last season, he's he's not been putting in some great performances himself. But I, I quite like that mentality from him. It's the kind of player that we need. He, he will rub people up the wrong way, but I think he'll also drive people forward. The problem is, as you said, when it when it starts going badly, then people don't respond to it in, in the right way and you end up with some potentially some rifts in the dressing room. But I, I personally don't have much of a problem with him 
having that kind of mentality, that's what Man United is built on and it's what we need. We, I don't think we've had enough of that. We've had too many players kind of accepting mediocrity and not demanding those kind of standards from the players. And by all accounts, when he came to the club in January, he the standards he, would, he was demanding from everyone around him were much higher than we've seen at United before, at least in the last few years. The problem is just, as you said, when it starts going badly, it, it, can, uh, it can kind of turn sour very quickly. Do you think uh, Solskjaer is uh, kind of a good man manager? And do you reckon he will be able to kind of control a personality like Fernandez from causing too much disruption in your team? I've got to say, I think, I, th- I would say from what I've seen that man management is probably the best aspect of Solskjaer's role as manager. I think that's what he's best at is kind of dealing with the personalities of the players and getting the best out of them. You You could see immediately when he came in, sort of the lift in the mood around the club, both from the players and the fans. My concern with Solskjaer is is more his his in-game management, to be honest, and, and tactically I'm still not convinced. But I actually do think his man management is is up there with, with some of the best. And I think he will be able to control the squad and, and keep the players in line. You know, we've had some pretty poor moments under Solskjaer, some periods of really bad form. I mean, right now, obviously being one of them, but also the start of last season, the end of the, the season before when he permanently got hired on a run of, of really bad form. And throughout all that, I think he's managed to keep the squad in line I think with some other managers, most notably our former manager, Jose Mourinho, that, that kind of run of form can really spell some huge problems inside the dressing room and, and cause a massive rift between the players and the manager. I don't see that happening under Solskjaer. I think his man management is very good. My worry is just that he, tactically, I, I'm still not convinced that he's good enough. I guess we've got a similar feeling uh, with our manager at the minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Bruce. I think we can all relate to this one. Yeah. Man United legend Stevie Bruce. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so, Jack, you've you kind of touched on a few different things, but for an, from an outsider, if you were to put what, your finger on the one thing that is kind of wrong with Man United at the minute, and what's kind of attributed to the poor run of form, what would you say that is? Well, I think there's there's two ways I could go with this. If you're talking about why isn't Man United making the best out of the players at our disposal? then I have to say I think that is partly at least down to Solskjaer. And I don't think, tactically, I don't think he's good enough. Defensively, especially, we don't have a, a proper system in place. And we're sort of, you know, our, our centre-back partnership is Harry Maguire and Victor Lindelof, two of the slowest centre-backs you'll ever see. And yet we're, we're playing on the halfway line <laughs> and then letting like Wilfred Zaha running behind it. It's just just suicidal. But at the same time, I think the much bigger problem around the, around the club is just the way the club is run upstairs. The executive board is... A nightmare, Woodward, and the, the people around him running the club, I think just they don't have any idea, quite frankly. And, we, and Harry and I have spoken about this a lot on our podcast, just that as much as we might think that Solskjaer isn't the answer, I'm not sure any manager is, to be honest. We've, we've tried experienced managers. We've tried inexperienced managers. We've tried managers coming up from sort of lower, lower position teams. We've tried managers coming in from other massive clubs and nothing has worked. And at some point, you have to stop pointing the finger at the manager and start to think what what else is going on here because I think really the manager at the moment is just a surface level issue. the The biggest thing is that the people running United really just don't have a clue. <laughs> so with them running it from the top, um, obviously they've had a bit of influence in in who they actually buy as well. So you've had like um, Van der Beek come in, Diallo, uh, Tellez, and Cavani, and everyone. Uh, do you rate these transfers coming in, or are these just another thing where you think, oh, here we go again? It's a weird one because I, I actually don't think any of the four signings or five, including Palistri as well, I don't think any of them are, are bad signings. They're just not great signings and they're not going to have a massive impact right now. I mean, the only one of those signings that is likely to start 
any sort of regular with any sort of regularity will be Alex Tellers. Cavani, once Martial is back from his ban, will probably be a backup striker. Van der Beek, I think, has played well and deserves to start, but hasn't yet. The only game he started has been in the EFL Cup. Even, you know, after some poor run of uh, form by Pogba and Fernandes, Van der Beek couldn't get into the starting lineup. So I don't think any of them are bad signings. They're just not very impactful signings, which, you know, is exactly what we need. We needed, we had some clear issues on our team at right wing, uh, defensive midfield and centre back and haven't addressed any of them through the transfer window. So I don't think we made bad signings. They they just won priority areas and they're not players that are going mm. to be starting every week. I think there was a lot of talk of you guys bringing in Jaden Sancho over summer and it, depending on what you read, um, we'll tell you how kind of far down the line you got. Is that the kind of player you guys are calling out for? Obviously, you've you've identified the right wing, Jaden Sancho. Who 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 else do you think, in your opinion, would have really added to the squad and, and taken you to an, to another level? Yeah, I mean, I mean, Sancho definitely would have been a great signing. Uh, right wing really is an area where we need some improvements. We're at the moment relying on Dan James, who is is just not not the answer and. An 18-year-old Mason Greenwood, who, despite his talent, is still only 18, and I think his future doesn't lie on the right wing. Sancho would have been a great signing. It really seems like Dortmund kind of pulled the wool over our eyes on that one, and, and we just got, you know, just a negotiating team from what from what you, from what I've heard from from journalists that were sort of privy to the negotiations or at least close to them. We just really were out outdone by Dortmund in the contract negotiations and didn't think that they're this August 10th deadline that they put in place for some reason, we just ignored and thought they were lying. Um, <laughs> but I, I think the bigger thing for me is, is centre-back. You know, right wing is a priority area, but we also have some decent options to play out there, like Mason Greenwood, as I said. The bigger thing for me was was centre-back in that I think we all, I think a lot of United fans and, the, and maybe some people inside the club kind of got roped in by the fact we had quite a good defensive record last season. But we just never passed the eye test. We looked shaky very, very often. And that's, I mean, it's been proven already this season. We've conceded, God, I'm trying to think now, three, that's a mass 11 goals, I think, in three games. So, wow. yeah, that centre-back was the bigger one for me. Well, you've got, well, Harry Maguire moves like an aircraft carrier. Um, he's only, <laughs> that's generous, only seems capable of, <laughs> And he seems capable of going side to side. That's even true in his, like, his England performances. I struggle yeah. to see how he's getting into the England team, whether it's just lack of other available options i mean against um against belgium we were playing two right backs at center half is there a name in particular that you would have liked to have seen man united bring in is there a kind of a, a center half you look at and go yeah he'd be perfect for us yeah there were a couple that i that were sort of on, on my radar different kind of signings one would have been um this would have, would have been a more sort of experienced signing that would have come in and, and probably only stayed for a few years just on account of his age that would have been khalidu koulibaly at Napoli, oh, yeah. um, Napoli I think he's, yeah. a, he's a brilliant centre back, just so dominant every time I, I, I watch him play. And the other one, which was would, would have been a riskier signing, but more long term, would have been uh, Upamecano from RB Leipzig. Oh, um, yeah. Just from from what I've seen of, of the two of them, both really really dominant centre backs, very quick, which would have helped pair with either Maguire or Lindelof. Because I mean, I, as you said, we our centre back partnership might be the slowest in the league, and just does not. <laughs> does not uh, go well with playing a high line, which we seem to be insistent on. They were the two for me, but I think what was frustrating over the summer was that we were never even seriously linked with any centre-backs, honestly. Normally, Man United mm. is, is like a merry-go-round of players getting linked with us left, right and centre. Normally, that they just use us to get contract extension, a la Sergio Ramos a few years ago, and when oh, yeah. we just weren't even linked with anyone over the summer. There was like no hope at any point. Um, so I, I didn't even seem like centre-back was really on the club's radar, to be honest. 
Well, I think as Newcastle fans, we we quite like the sound of that, um, and we're definitely <laughs> hoping that um, the likes of Callum Wilson, Alan Sam Maximan, Ryan Fraser, Miggy Almiron could maybe take advantage of. Probably unfair oh, yeah. to call it disarray, but the maybe the, the the defensive issues that you're having at the minute. I think that's probably the the bit we're excited about seeing. Um, yeah, but, I mean, say, say Maximin and and Wilson in particular running at our defence does it. It scares scares the <laughs> the living daylight out of me, to be honest. Don't forget about Big Joe though, Joe Linton. He'll uh, yeah, he'll true, be coming true. in having the game of his life. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> well, um, well, so this is the funny thing about Harry Maguire. He's massive and turns like an aircraft carrier, but he's also not that great against against big strikers either. So I think Joe Linton would probably have his way with him oh, as well. Well, you forget we've got Andy Carroll potentially coming off the bench as well, <laughs> who I think will have an absolute <laughs> field day if uh, if Maguire yeah. doesn't like big centre forwards. I mean, I'm still a little bit scarred from when we lost you guys 3-0 at St. James's a few years ago. And it was, I think all three goals take, came from Tim Krull pumping the ball forward and we couldn't win a single header all game. Oh, yeah. We were looking at, I was looking at recent form, actually. Um, it's not really been in our favour. So of the last five games, we've lost three and won two. The two we have won have been 1-0 wins, one of them being Matty Longstaff yeah. and his breakout goal. I say breakout, not much has happened since then, but I think, <laughs> fingers crossed, we can get ourselves another result. Hodge, did you have something to say? Uh, yeah, I was just kind of wanting to see what you what you thought of the game, what you think of, about what's going to happen with the game, like what's your prediction result? Well, I'm, I've got to say, I'm, I'm, this is one of the few games where I'm happy there are no fans in the stadium because playing you guys is, is a lot easier without, without uh, 50,000 Geordies in the stands. But I think... It's hard to be optimistic, to be honest. I, the one thing that maybe would be giving me a little bit more optimism would be, and this might sound a little strange, but because we are coming off the back of such a bad result, although the confidence is probably quite low, I would expect there to be a lot of focus on having a big reaction. And so, you know, I wonder if that actually might end up helping us a little bit. I reckon if if I if I had to put a score in it, I'd go with a two-all draw. I think we're going to score two goals, Christ. <laughs> have you seen? Have you seen our defence? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, Hodge? We're coming off the back of some real stellar form. Smack yeah. Burnley three-one, and then that, that was mean, it. Yeah. That's like, that's as, as long as Steve Bruce is still at the helm, I'm still going to be pessimistic. I'm not going to. Oh, not going to chuck it that. We've uh, we we did an episode uh, on Sunday, Jack. We were just talking about Brucey. I mean, I think it's been a bit yeah. of a roller coaster this year, and we just don't really see Bruce as the mad kind of steer us steer us into the future or to that next level just inability right. to kind of adapt um and change his formations i think steve bruce is probably one of the managers who you can find out as an opposition manager quite easily yeah. um and then just me, kind of play on that it reminds me quite a lot of the situation that chris hewton found himself in at brighton a couple of years ago where it's like there's, there's nothing there's nothing massively wrong with him it's, it's just not going to take you to the next level you know yeah. and i think brighton have yeah. kind of found that with Graham Potter that the results might not change that much but you can see something building and I feel like that's that's kind of what Newcastle need at this point is that Bruce has somewhat done what he came in to do he, you know, he's kind of steadied the ship but he's not really going to move you on from this sort of bottom bottom half of the table team you know we want you want someone yeah. to get you back to the glory days and he, I don't see Bruce being that we've laid out the cash we've brought in signings that have actually pleased the fans yeah, I think you had so... a great summer to be fair yeah, really well-known names, Premier League experience, international experience. We've had Jamal Lewis, uh, Ryan Fraser, Callum Wilson come in. These are all kind of big names. Jeff Hendrick, Burnley legend. They all all have good experience of the Premier League. If I don't know, if you could see those players coming in maybe under Rafa, I think 
he's the man to use those players and kind of use them well and, and maybe kick on from there. But Brucey, nah, nah. He got, I mean, it's just, I, I put it all down to his formations and his rigidity and the way he's not going to change. But I think the other lads have, have different opinions. But it's, yeah, I don't know. I think he's quickly losing fan. It's the performances that we put in or the lack of. I mean, the, the results, we've had good results. We've got seven points out of 12 so far. But we were saying it really doesn't feel like it because the performances yeah. have just been so shit. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a tough one. We've not actually done our predictions yet. Hodge or Gray, I don't know if we should do it while we've got Jack here. Or maybe just wait until he's off and then all go for like 3-0 Newcastle <laughs> win. Doesn't it? No, that's so it. We're probably a worse team than Burnley at the moment. So, <laughs> Gray, what do you reckon? Uh, I think I am go with Jack. I think 2-2 is quite a good shout. I'm not really optimistic either way. Comfortable but I, on the fence, is it, Gray? I'd, I'd like to see us score some goals uh, after scoring three at Burnley. So, yeah, I'll, go, I'll, I'll agree with Jack. Uh, I just don't know where to put this. Like, I, I really can't see us winning. I think you're going to come out the gates with some fierce um, kind of kind of style of play, and it's going to really rock us early on. Bruce is not going to know what to do, and I think you're going to put a couple of pastas. So I think two 0 to Man United. Oof. Well, living up to my reputation as the optimist of the podcast, uh, I'm going to go with a 2-0 win for NUFC because I can. Yeah, because it's a prediction. (laughs) That's all it is. (laughs) We can hope and pray. But I think think just based on what Jack said, I think that there are kind of chinks in the armour at the back that can maybe be exploited if Alan Samaxman plays the way he did against... Burnley against Man United I think we're in for a good show and I just hope and pray that our defence turn up or that Brucey chooses a defence fitting for the the attack lineup. yeah I think it, it honestly it's hard to predict Man United games at the moment because despite how bad we are defensively we also we do still have that potential in, in attack you know we do still have a, a potent game going forward if if we can get it right so it, it's really hard to predict I think honestly Anything from two nil Newcastle to two two to two nil to Man United, I think it could be any of any of those or worse. To be honest, <laughs> well, let's hope it's entertaining. I don't think I'll be paying yeah. <laughs> a fifteen pound to watch it, but uh, I'll definitely be following it closely. Um, if if anyway, so far I've been anything to go by, goals are guaranteed. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, let's hope so. Uh, all we can hope for is an entertaining game from a Newcastle perspective because we don't want another a shit turnout. Um, Brucey special, but yeah, Brucey special. There you go. Um, I think that's brilliant, though. Uh, very kind of you to join us, Jack. It's been really interesting to hear your perspective as a, a Man United fan, as a Red Devil. Uh, I think it's probably a good opportunity, if you'd like to do so, to plug your podcast um, and tell us a bit about what you guys are doing and how to find you. Yeah, well, cheers, cheers for having me. First of all, it's been uh, been a pleasure. Always nice to talk about United, <laughs> normally anyway. Uh, but yeah, myself and uh, Harry Robinson on the Manchester United weekly podcast, uh, episodes out once a week reviewing United games we try and uh, put our focus on on not getting too caught up with week to week stuff and being too reactionary try and keep it to sort of big picture stuff um, we have a big youth and women's roundup every week where we fo- we uh, give a big roundup of all the players out on loan all of our youth teams our women's team trying to keep everyone connected with all the goings on, on at the club and not just sort of falling into the tabloid headlines you can find us on Twitter at manutdweeklypod um, you find myself on Twitter at UTD Tate. That's T A I T at the end. And Harry, you can find him at Harry Robinson sixty four. Um, yeah, cheers for having me, guys. I've really enjoyed this, and uh, all the best for the rest of the season. 
Yeah, thanks very much, Jack. Good luck. Apart from on Saturday. No yeah. luck for you on Saturday. Let's hope we, we, we smack you around. But yeah, thanks very much for joining us. It's been great speaking to you. Um, Cheers, Jack. Yeah. Good luck with the podcast. Cheers, guys. Best of luck. Could have been worse. I could have been born a Mac-um. Thanks again to Jack for his time. Thought that was a really, really interesting chat. Like to quickly just say as well, save Gray's blushes. Gray's microphone cut out right at the end there, so he didn't have a chance to say thank you and goodbye. Would you like to do it now, Gray? I'd love to. Cheers for coming, Jack. I really enjoyed it. Wow. Quite quite emotional after that. I don't know about you, Hodge. <laughs> right, let's uh, let's move straight on. I thought, yeah, I thought Jack had some really interesting thoughts, uh, and it's really good, uh, really good insight from the opposition there. Looking forward to carrying out more opposition reviews as we go on. Like, <laughs> anyway, let's segue straight in. It wouldn't be talk of the tune if we didn't deliver you some top class quiz questions. Hodgie McHodgson, I think you've got some quiz questions for us, don't you? Yes, I. Uh, it's not really a kind of quiz question. Oh. There it is. <laughs> there <we go. laughs> Oh, love it, man. Uh, sorry, go on. It's not really a quiz question as such. It's oh. more of a list. Uh, I've got 12 players here who have played for Newcastle United and Manchester United during their careers. One of them you'll probably not have a Scooby-Doo about because um, I think he played in the 60s. So Great. I, I don't know if you want me just to say who he is. Uh, uh, wait, leave it for wait. some listeners. Yeah, leave it for some listeners. Okay, yeah, leave it for the listeners. Okay. But Hodge, I think what would be good, I've just thought of this now. Do you know that game you play where you get a list? Um, or it's maybe called Tenable or something. Oh, yeah, and... to describe it. Well, no, no, maybe I'm getting the wrong one. But basically, me and you, Gray, have to state, like, I think I will get um, uh, okay. eight, right, out okay. of, eight out of 12 Man United and Newcastle players. And then you're like, oh, yeah, go on then. Yeah, that's good. Okay, we can do that. We put, it, put a stake oh, in the ground. God. Okay. So, so where do you think you're going to get... Eight? Was that an actual... No, fuck no. That was just an example. Oh, right, okay. Gray, I'll let you open in Gambit. Uh, I have no idea. I can only think of two off the top of my head. I have to think about it. Right, okay. So that's kind of the point. Um, uh, so are you saying... <laughs> I'll, I, go, I I'll, give get... a, I'll give a four. Four? Yeah, okay. optimistic. Four. Will? Four. Uh... Just for pure comedic value, I think I'd quite like to hear Gray scrabble around and think of four players. So, uh, yeah, go on then. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the point. I can't, someone needs to tell us the name of this game. I, I, I think we all know the one I'm talking about. I can't remember yeah, the name yeah. of it. But, yeah, I'd like you to tell me. Yeah, I, I think yeah. bullshit. Off you go. So the two I can think of are Michael Owen and Andy Cole. So they're the two most popular answers. Out of the 12. Michael, Michael Owen with 96.7% and Andy Cole with 95.7%. Michael Owen, that little hobbit. Yeah, go on then. Can't believe he has a Premier League winner's medal, but it's Danny Simpson. Danny Simpson was the 10th uh, most popular answer with 60.8%. Oh, wow. That's quite low down oh, the list. And another one, Squidward himself, Gabriel Overton. Gabriel Overton, yeah. He Gray, was- I've got to <laughs> hand it to you. You've absolutely smashed it there. He was seventh most popular answer with 75%. I'm sorry for not believing in you more. So, Gray, you've won that one. Should we just carry on and see? Do you want to do, do, you want to do a players? back and forth? So, Will, you can have a guess and then Gray and then back and forth. I do have another one, but I'll let you Oh, go nightmare. Go. I know. I should have spent more time actually thinking about the answers rather than just fucking taking the piss <laughs> out of Gray. Uh, Man United and Newcastle United players. Uh, da, 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 da. 
right, how will I give us a give us a chance? Gray, Gray, you go, you go, yours, Gray. No, give me a clue, Gray. Class of '92. Oh, Nicky Butt. Nicky, I've got another one. Nicky Butt was fourth at eighty-eight percent. I've got another one, but I reckon Gray's got it. Yep. Go on then. Your turn, Gray. Um, Louis Saha. Yes, he was fifth, eighty-five percent. Um, Alan Smith. Oh yes, it's a good shout. That is third most popular answer of ninety percent. So you've got one, two, three, four, five. You're missing sixth place. Oh, how many have we got in total? You've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven. One, out you're of not 12. one. One, you're definitely not going to get. Okay, so seven out of eleven then. Um. What era are we talking about now, Hodge? Are, are they all modern day, like really modern day players? Or One has a Premier League winner's medal, but not with... Oh, I think you already said him, actually. Yeah, you did, Danny Simpson. Okay. Um, mm. <laughs> uh, one's from kind of mid, late 2000s. Uh, Italian. Oh, um, Sibieski or someone like that. Uh, nope. he's no, he was at City, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah, good show. Um, Small. Italian. Small Italian. It was meant to be the next best thing. Oh, Giuseppe Rossi. Giuseppe Rossi. Yes. He's the 11th popular answer, uh, most popular answer, 57%. Ooh. So not a very popular answer at all, then. Mm, not really. Um, so what we what we're missing now? That's eight, isn't it? Uh, one of talks like this out of eleven. Like, uh, yeah, I think the two kids are good today. Like, me. <laughs> oh, um, not Peter Beardsley. Yeah, Peter Beardsley. <laughs> Did he play for United? Eighty-four point five percent. He was the seventh, uh, six, sixth most popular answer. Sorry, sixth most popular. Was that for like one season or something? Uh, it must have been for a short time. I think um, it's past past our time to really know that. Yeah, bless you. Excuse bless me. you. Bless you. Thank you. Two you might not get, to be fair, but I'll, I'll we'll go give some clues then. One was uh, Northern Irish. Oh. 1975 he was born. Played played for Newcastle between 95 and 98. Oh, yes, I've got it. Um, Keith Gillespie. Keith Gillespie, yeah. Yes. He, he was um, ninth most popular answer, 63%. The other two I don't think you're going to get. You could probably throw names in a hat and you're probably not going to get it, but we've got... Do you want to, just, do you want to guess or yeah, do you want to just tell you what they are? It's uh, one's Ronnie Johnson. No idea. Oh, wait. Norwegian, wasn't he, or something? Must be. Ronnie Johnson. Yeah, yeah. Can hear you typing away yeah. your thing there. <laughs> yeah. Norwegian, yeah. Yeah. He came up... He's, there's like a really interesting football fact about Johnny, uh, Ronnie Johnson. Can't what it is? Norwegian footballer played for the two in two thousand four and two thousand five. Made three first team appearances. Played for Manu in ninety six two thousand two. Oh, that's one of the interesting facts. So Ronnie Johnson is one of the only ex Newcastle players to also have won the Champions League. Ah, so he's a Champions League winner with Man United. But obviously, never really did anything for us at all. He had mm. three appearances for us. Seems like it. Uh, and then the last one. Uh, the last one. I'm just trying to get a bit of a. A time scale on for you. Uh, he was he played for Newcastle <laughs> in 1988 to 1994. He also played for Shamrock Rovers. I don't have a clue who he is. I doubt you guys right. neither. 
<laughs> but some no. some older fans might. Uh, Liam O'Brien or William Francis nickname Liam O'Brien. Oh, there you go then. There you go. There'll probably be a few people saying, "How the fuck have you never heard of Liam <laughs> O'Brien, man?" But I think you did well there. You've got uh, what ten with a yeah, couple, of, really couple, well. couple of hints, but that's good. School. Little little helping hand, yeah. Liam O'Brien had 151 appearances for the tune. Oh. Give probably him, uh, probably give a him name we should a name we should know. I think. <laughs> well, there's been that, there's been that many there's been that many O'Briens playing for Newcastle over the year. They all kind of merge into one, don't they? True, true. Great. Great, I will never doubt you again. Apologies. Um, you did go in low with four, though. Bit of a bit of a waste, man. You, but, you, uh, could, yeah, you could have gone for more, though, couldn't you? So. Yeah. I could have done, yeah, but I, I, again, I went for will. comedic value. Yeah, poor. Sorry, 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 sorry. sorry. Yeah. I think we should uh, definitely keep that one on a little bit longer, like. Enjoyed that one. Yeah, yeah that's good. good one. I'll do those again, just no swatting up. <laughs> you know what's coming. <laughs> You're going to boost every single one from now on. Oh, yeah. Good, good, good. Right. Well, I think that's uh, that's your your weekly dose of quiz. Enjoyed that. Next stop now is a match on Saturday. Just obviously giving your predictions in the opponent review, and let's hope that I'm right and the other two are horribly wrong. What's the league I, table? I, I, I like take a here? point, Man United, because we've got a league table, haven't we, for our predictions? So who's who's meant to be in charge of that? Oh, uh, we're supposed yeah. to, yeah. We're supposed yep. to. <laughs> We're not good it's at it. It's still very new. It's still very early in the season. <laughs> I'm sure I'm winning, though. Yeah, whatever. We'll have sure. to make a proper table for it. Well, there you go. We'll let work that out offline, I guess. But yeah, good speaking to you all again. Enjoyed that. Good to speak to Jack. Thanks again, Jack, for your time. Hopefully the start of something wonderful with opponent reviews. And yeah, I think that's about it from us. Do you want to see your goodbyes now, that like? Cheers for listening. Thanks very much. Catch you next time. Thanks for catching the next one. Thanks for catching you in the next one. Thanks. We will catch you in the next one. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, right. Well, I think that's it from us. Typically awkward ending. Um, thanks very much, and goodbye. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.